What's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation with me and my dad where we talk about the Utah Jazz, the NBA, and all things sports. My name is Spencer. And this is Barry, the dad. Welcome to After the Game. We are back with another episode of After the Game, and it feels good. A long break. Um, we've had a big offseason, some big moves going on, but it is good to be back, and we're excited for this week as the NBA starts up again. Dad, what are your, what are your feelings right now? Yeah, so it's uh, Monday night, the 18th, opening nights in 48 hours, and uh, really, really looking forward to it. There's been a lot that's been done. There's been a lot that's been said, and now we're going to learn if actions truly speak louder than words as we head into the NBA season and the Jazz home opener in two nights from now against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Really excited about where the Jazz have been, excited about where they are currently, and really excited about where they're headed in this season. We learned a lot last year as they were the best team in the NBA at 52-20, and 20, playing a 72-game season, 10 short of a regular 82-game season. And yet, like the Bucks in past years, didn't go as far in the playoffs as they wanted to. Well, now we know the rest of the stories with the Milwaukee Bucks as they kind of bounced in and out of the playoffs for a few years before they ended up being the eventual champions last year. So they finished number one uh, at the NBA, and, and a lot of teams over this offseason have gotten better. We'll get into each team maybe and dissect them. Not every team, but we'll dissect the big moves that have happened during this offseason. But the Jazz also made some moves in order to stay with it. And they made sure that they got some good players. They kind of are mixing up the rotation a little bit. And they're kind of diving into some expansions of their game. And we know that their main game last season was with Gobert driving the defense and then getting them running to, to find some shooters. They shot one of the best three-point percentages in the league last year. That's They still got those key shooters with Clarkson coming off the bench, um, Ingles, Mitchell's almost at the superstar level, but now they're adding to their team, and they got some new players. Dad, what, what new players have you seen the Jazz get? Gosh, uh, they really went out and said, listen, we're going to put a winner out on the floor. Got some veterans in um, Rudy Gay, who I've always liked, and so have most people. He'll bring some size some depth and some good shooting, not only near the basket, but from the three-point line. They brought in Hassan Whiteside to back up uh, Rudy Gobert as Derek Favors exited. Uh, it was tough to see Fave go, but glad that he came back for that last stint last year. Brought in Eric Pascal from the Golden State Warriors, who can shoot the three, but it's still unknown with what consistency. He's coming from a team that lives on the three-point line with the Golden State Warriors and bringing that. I do think, uh, as everyone's seen a little bit of a buzz in the preseason, that Jared Butler from the NCAA champion Baylor Bears uh, brings really a fun little twist to the Utah Jazz. And let's not forget, we brought back Mike Conley on a good, strong salary that should uh, bring him to the near the end of his career, and yet he was an all-star last year. So we have three all-stars that are returning in Rudy Gobert, um, Donovan Mitchell, and Mike Conley. So it hits close to home for us because Rudy Gay went to UConn, which is always fun because we're from Connecticut. 
and Eric Pas Pascal is actually a long friend of Donovan Mitchell's. Maybe a big reason why he's actually going to the Jazz is because Mitchell has played AAU out here in the East Coast in, in the New England area with with Eric Paschal a little bit. And so he has that kind of relationship, which is a good reason why the Jazz have been good in the past is because they seem to have a little bit more chemistry and there's a lot less drama. I know the COVID-19 scare with Rudy Gobert kind of shook things up, but having good chemistry has proved that their team is, is, is going to stay together and win together, which, which is a good feeling when you have people that mesh well. Um, Conley is now number 10. He used to be number 11. That's some good news. Coming back, so changing his jersey. Oh, he's number 11. Right. Was number 10. Now he's going back to Conley 11. 11. So maybe that'll that'll make make a difference. I doubt it, but he's still looking good as long as he stays healthy. That's the biggest part for him this season. He didn't stay too healthy, and but he did come when we needed him. And so it's going to be interesting. How do you think these new players will affect the rotation? Where does does Conley play a full maybe 40 minutes? Does where does Rudy Gay come in? Is Ingles still going to be uh, starting in some games? Is he going to be more on a bench coming in to, to mix things up? Or where do you see these new players that are coming in? Yeah, the answer to your question really is in your question itself. We have a lot of flexibility. And that is really the word that defines the Utah Jazz this year is flexibility. Uh, it's been said that Conley most likely will not play on back-to-backs. So you're going to rest him uh, if you're playing one night and then the next night. Uh, you definitely don't see him playing 40 minutes. I think you're seeing him playing high 20s, uh, early 30-minute games, and then resting the next night. Ingles is going to pull back on his minutes, I would think. Last year he had increased minutes because of Mike Conley being out. I think Jordan Clarkson still gets his minutes. The question mark and yet exclamation point rolled into one Will be Jared Butler from Baylor. Will he get time? Will we go to Trent Forrest, who had a really good season last year when Conley was hurt? Will Donovan still play with the ball in his hand quite a bit, or will he defer? So you have options now that you might not have had because you have a four-year senior in Jared Butler coming out of Baylor, an NCAA championship team, and you have Trent Forrest who played last year and knows the NBA game now that I think can spell Mike Conley. But I think you're going to see less minutes by the veterans. I think we're that team now that can play a little bit less during the regular season and prepare ourselves and be healthy for the NBA playoffs. The, the depth is definitely there, and it's good. And we still have Clarkson coming off the bench, which kind of makes it harder for teams to know what, uh, how to handle things. It might be a little bit similar to when we had Joe Johnson a few years ago where, when he was a veteran that came in and kind of took over with that composure when the kind of younger players were on the court for a long period of time. But Jared Butler is definitely a, a good find that we got through the draft. And, and it's, we're pretty lucky to get him, and he's turned out to be a, a fighter. So we're going to have the talent and we're going to have the experience, but... More importantly, we're going to have the team that, that has played well during this preseason and they look, they're look they looking to get more out of this playoffs. Yeah, I think the last preseason game against the Milwaukee Bucks, we pulled our players in the second half, the starters, and the bench played well. Even when Giannis and Middleton were and Holiday were in the game, our bench held it together. And that's a sign of maturity, even though they're young. 
It's interesting as the Jazz picked up Jared Butler. He was the 40th pick in the second round, coming off a championship season with Baylor. And because of some health issues, teams took a pass on him. So we were able to get the player that actually we wanted later, which meant a, a little bit um, as we looked at him. And he's mature. He's a four-year player. So our team, when you ask Spencer what will happen with the minutes, who's going to play, will it be the same type of rotation? Again, I think it's flexibility in a good way of where the Jazz are as we head into the season. So let's make a few predictions or a few kind of observations on what the season might hold. Mitchell, Conley, and Gobert were all-stars this last season. I think Mitchell has made the leap into superstardom. And that's different than being an all-star. It means that he is a top, at least top 10 player, could be potential top five, depending on how well he plays and how often he takes over games. Because it is Mitchell's team now. He's the one that is kind of maneuvering the players, telling the coaches what he wants, and we're building around Mitchell. This is kind of his team. So he has made the leap to be a superstar. Gobert kind of faded towards the end of the playoffs last season, and that kind of hurt everybody's image of how great of a player he is. He still had a phenomenal season and was Defensive Player of the Year. My prediction, I don't know if he's still going to be Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know who will be. There's obviously some good talents out there, but what are your predictions? Do you think, number one, he'll be an all-star? I think he will. I, do you think Mitchell and Gobert will be the two all-stars? Do you think Gobert will be play, uh, Defensive Player of the Year? And then we can talk about, do you think Clarkson will be Sixth Man of the Year? Because we have some great awarded players on the team. Yeah, as it pertains to Donovan Mitchell, he, um, he's definitely into that superstar realm. We know in the last two years, the bubble was a bit of an anomaly, but he was averaged tons of points. He did it again last year in the two rounds of the playoffs. So we know he has that potential to be that superstar. Top 10, more than likely top five, a little bit of a stretch. Um, we'll see. I think you're going to see some pacing of him this year. I don't know if you're going to see him throwing up 25 to 30 all the time. However, that's been somewhat of the prediction. But he will be an all-star because he's just that type of a player. Let's see where his rebounds and assists go uh, as they match his out point, his outscoring, his scoring, and his output. Um, as it pertains to Rudy Gobert, hard to beat. Gosh, another defensive player of the year. Uh, I he is the best. He's the best defensive player on the planet, hands down. Whoa. He deserves it. He should get it again. That said, Giannis is great. Um, Hassan Whiteside at one point in time in his career was blocking shots at a pace higher than Rudy Gobert and now he's on our team. Uh, it'll be great to see Rudy be with Hassan, travel with him, live with him, practice with him. Maybe he'll drive him to be even better than he's been. I really don't think that last year in the playoffs it's fair to say that Rudy slowed down or didn't play the right defense. It was really the perimeter players who were hurt in Conley and Mitchell and our defense on the perimeter that stretched the floor with the Clippers. And when they drove, Rudy wasn't there because he had to choose. Do I go out? Do I not go out? If I don't go out, they hit a three. If I do go out, it opens up the middle for other players. So that's a little tough. I, I predict that Rudy, because of Rudy, will be in the running. And yes, I think he'll win. A fourth defensive fourth. player of the year award yeah. because it's just in Rudy to want to be the best he can be. 
That's true, and that's fair. And we definitely kind of use him as a center kind of stone for the, the team, both defensively and offensively. That he sucks in players, so he's definitely going to – he's at his prime, he's at his peak, and we just got to take advantage of it as he has the impact he's had last season. If we can keep adding on to it with these new players as well and push in the right direction. I think Clarkson, depending on how well he plays, might be six man of the year. There are talks of Tyler Hero on Miami being – six man of the year I mean it's hard to tell as the season goes there's always people that come out and they have great seasons and you don't see it coming but it's because they're coming off the bench and other teams might not see it happening but there are some great players and athletes around the league and overall the Jazz have huge expectations for themselves but this is an interesting season because this is one of the first time in a long time that the Jazz are on teams radars this means that he, they clearly were winning games last year, and they were number one for a reason. But now teams remember that, and they see Jazz. We got more national TV time, so there's that recognition. On top of that, we have more reporters, announcers talking about the Jazz, so there's just more coverage of them. And now we got teams knowing the Jazz based off a of film, based off a of study, because we are a, we are an opponent. We are a team that needs to be beat in order to make it to to the championship. We are a team that needs to be overcome in order to have a successful season for other teams. So it's going to be interesting. We could jump into what the NBA holds for other teams that have happened during the offseason, but we have to remember that the Jazz made their moves to be better than them, and this is where we're at. We didn't just sit back and try to take the same team to the next season. We went and got new players, so we're going to see new things. Hopefully those new components add up and make us win games. Yeah, so it pertains to Clarkson and the Sixth Man Award. What's interesting is if you're a Jazz fan last year, Ingles actually was in the running for Sixth Man as well. So we have True. two really good players off the bench, and it'd be fun to see Ingles be in that running again and or see Clarkson win it again as the Sixth Man. You make a great point about the Jazz have a bullseye on their back and were had the best record in the NBA yesterday, last year. They have a superstar in Donovan Mitchell, defense player of the year in Rudy Gobert, great coach in Quinn Snyder, first-time all-star, long-time player in Mike Conley, and on and on. And you're right, uh, they're going to be exposed and, and uh, they're going to be challenged during the course of the season. I do think they're up to the task. Um, I do think that they will perform well. We could get into predicting if they're the number one seed or the best in the West. I, I, they're playing for the championship. They're playing for a championship. And I don't know if playing for a championship needs to specifically be, I need to be the best seed. It proves Milwaukee Bucks were the number one seed, I think at least for one year, maybe two years, got ousted in the playoffs. Yep. Then they come back and they're not the number one seed last year and they win the NBA championship. And I think there's a pattern of what the Bucks did that quite possibly the Utah Jazz will experience. One last thing on, we're on team's radar screens, as you said. With Dwayne Wade, at whatever level he's an owner, has brought tremendous exposure mm -hmm. to the Utah Jazz. Yep. And, oh, where's Dwayne Wade tonight? Oh, he's sitting front row. And the owner, Ryan Smith, is, I don't know if I want to say the word deep, but he's semi-deep into the luxury tax. These are yeah. things that the previous ownership of the Utah Jazz, the Miller family, it wasn't about going to find an owner that brings recognition and continues to put Utah on the map. It was just wasn't available and it wasn't something they were doing. 
nor they spent well to win. But I don't know if they wanted to spend well into the luxury tax. And I'm not saying Ryan Smith wants to do that, but he's done it. So we talk about windows, and you hear it on all the podcasts and sports talk radio. Yes, this is the jazz window over the next two to three years to win a championship or championships. Exactly, and we did our we did what we needed to do in the offseason to open that window a little bit more. I think, and you, you might have heard it from us before, but before the season starts, we just want to make it clear, usually a healthy team does well. If the Jazz can stay healthy, they have the components to win this championship. They have the, uh, the components to win most of the games this season. It's all about who can stay healthy, who can adapt if they're not unhealth if they are unhealthy, but more importantly, what team can use every single one of their players to make it as far as they can. And that's usually what happens is the healthier team most likely ends up with a better shot on top. But like we said, other teams around the league made their moves. This wasn't a quiet offseason. There are a few teams that are hoping to run it back again. Maybe the Suns, you could call that. But other teams, particularly in the West, even in the East, the league looks different this year. And I don't know where you want to start with that. Uh, we can, maybe we can jump into some fun drama that we have, we've seen in Philadelphia. They were kind of talked about being a, a championship team last year. This year, completely different story, and that's mainly because of Ben Simmons. Yeah, chemistry, you said it earlier in the podcast, the Jazz have that, and they have players who are used to each other, and that can help win a championship, going back to the Bucks and seeing what they did, and then going to the Lakers a couple of years ago. And the Sixers are experiencing that disconnect right now with Ben Simmons. He's been at practice, I think, the last two days, uh, this is Monday the 18th, so he's been there over the weekend. Even Doc Rivers is not saying he's not sure what's going to happen. Some of the players are saying how Ben Simmons looks. I mean, he's a great athlete. As Jazz fans, the whole Rookie of the Year thing and yeah. his comments about being Defensive Player of the Year more than Rudy. The reality is Ben Simmons is a great player. He is an all-star. Mm-hmm. However... You, you, being an all-star is the complete package. So what does he bring into the team, his, other, his team mentally and being comfortable? We're, we're going to see. I mean, Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers made a statement and said, boy, not so sure we could win a championship with Ben Simmons. I don't know if they were saying win a championship this year, but last year during the playoffs, they were saying at that moment, they were not a championship caliber team because of Ben Simmons' play in the playoffs. I, I've, I've always liked Ben Simmons because of his talent. I haven't necessarily liked him because of his attitude. And guess what shone through during the offseason, his attitude. Yeah, it's a little bit unprofessional, and that's not something other players on the team, his players, his, his coworkers, they don't really like that, and that hurts the team and their attitude for the rest of the season. The players are the, the talents there, but maybe not the attitude. Um, the Nets are back. Most of them are healthy. Last season we saw them kind of get healthy towards the end of the uh, playoffs and they have Kevin Durant which might be one of the best players or is one of the best players in the league and he is un- almost unstoppable it's interesting to see if they're going to have all three other superstars with Harden and Kyrie Irving on the court during the same time Irving as of right now hasn't been complying with mandates for the NBA uh, with regard to COVID-19 there's been a little bit of drama there I don't know exactly where he's ending up right now but I think he the prediction is he will play at least this season. I think, I don't know what 
the Knicks have said. They're a little bit fresh. Or Nets, they might be a little bit frustrated, but he's um, he has his beliefs and he has his opinions, and it kind of clashes with where he might end up playing um, in terms of getting in. But the Nets are definitely on the radar for the East. They didn't really bring anyone else in because they didn't really need anybody else to, to come in. They just needed their three players to be healthy. And this looks like a year where they might all be healthy. We talk about this a lot. Healthy players produce championship teams. And Harden, Durant, and Kyrie are some of the top three players in the league. And if they're healthy, they can produce and dominate games. Yeah, it's a scary team. Uh, Kevin Durant, you said one of the best players in the league. He's probably one of the, one of the greatest players of all time. The this is the seventh, 75th anniversary of the NBA this season. They'll reveal their anniversary team, and Durant's going to be right up there in the top three or five. He's just an amazing talent. The Nets are going to be a tough out. They, they, want, they want to win a championship. They didn't break the bank to get Harden and bring him in not to win a championship. They've been practicing without Kyrie Irving, and that's the best thing they can do is practice without him. If he comes back and it works out and the mandates he sticks with, then – It'll be a bonus, but they're practicing as if he's not coming back. And that's, again, in my opinion, the best thing they can do. Kyrie's a special talent. Uh, there's not many who can handle the ball like he can now or if ever. He can get to the rim at his size, very Allen Iverson-esque. He can shoot the three. He can pass. That team, if fully vaxxed and healthy, is definitely the runaway favorite to win the championship in my mind mm. there are great teams that are out there but if those three were healthy and nationally and then play I, I think that they could win it I don't know where they go without Kyrie but I do know this I would not bet against a Kevin Durant team and I would say that losing to the Bucks last year in the playoffs has left a bad taste in his mouth and James Harden's as well and so I think they're coming out to win the East for sure yeah, and you look at the other teams that made a splash last season. It took the Nets a little bit to get going because of health reasons, but the Celtics were up there. We talked about Philadelphia already, and the Bucks obviously won everything. I see Celtics finishing middle of the pack, maybe fourth, fifth. It just depends on how well they can come out night to night. They have the talent, but is it an every night talent, or is, or are they going to kind of have a slump throughout the season? I hope the Bucks still have the mentality to come out and win a back-to-back. That makes the NBA more fun when teams already won the championship and they're like, let's run it again and let's get that. They got that addiction in their mouth to keep winning. I hope that happens. That will make the East a little bit more competitive. And I can see them finishing at the top of the maybe one or two of the Eastern um, Conference. Then you look at the Hawks, and the Hawks are interesting. There has been some predictions, and maybe just to make things a little bit more interesting, some people have said that Harden might join Trey Young eventually, whether it be towards the end of this season or or maybe next season. People are talking about seeing that duo link up at some point during Trey Young's career and as Harden gets older. But I think Trey Young, we saw him last season, he has what it takes to make the Hawks a contender. That's why I think they can finish top three, if not four for sure and they can make a surprise make things difficult for teams in the east even with the knicks coming in and the the bulls making moves this offseason getting ball getting ball and other players they kind of the east has really made their decision on what teams are going to be out there and i think you got the nets bucks you have the philadelphia knicks atlanta 
and I think Miami, and then I think Chicago is going to kind of get it this year. I don't know if if uh, the Hornets have what it takes right now with Lamelo, but I definitely think that the East has some good teams, which is going to make their as they play more games with each other. It's going to make those teams their season a little bit different than the West. I remember year after year the Eastern Conference over the last decade, maybe to lag behind the West. However, as the season progressed last year, you saw the Eastern Conference getting better and better and better. And it makes it really exciting to see where that will end up. I agree with you, you know, the Nets are good. The Bucks, immediately after the championship, Giannis said, let's do it again. They, I mean, Drew Holiday is amazing. Middleton, amazing. Giannis, best player in the NBA. So you've got the makings of a repeat there for them. It's interesting you talk about the Hawks. I think the Hawks, because of the flashiness and them in the playoffs, uh, are a team that everybody kind of likes or wants to get behind, unless you're a Knicks fan. Um, Celtics will be interesting. The Heat, um, the Bulls certainly went out and kind of broke the bank and found some good players to put together. It's interesting as you look at this, and then you look at the NBA champions from two, three years ago, Toronto Raptors, now seem to be on the bottom. So the league in the Eastern Conference is definitely shifting. It is in all the different East and Western divisions. But this will be fascinating to watch and really excited we could spend hours about each one of these teams. Um, But I'll go with something you said a second ago, and that is I think – I think the Bucks will do everything they can to repeat. I just can't see how Harden and Durant are not on a mission to win an NBA championship, especially James Harden, who doesn't have one. That's fair. Do you do you feel like kind of going, kind of going back to other teams in, in the East? Do you think in the Charlotte Hornets? Do you think Lamelo Ball will make the All Star team this year? He kind of had some hype ending the season, and he got injured, obviously, but people were kind of rallying behind him. Behind him, He knows how to play basketball. I mean, he's played it like all these guys their whole life. He's been challenged at a high level wherever he's been, and it makes him a better player. The challenge becomes how good, truly, are the Hornets, and will he be counted upon to do some things that is he ready for, right? Will he be that player that stays at that level and – does what Trey Young did, does what Donovan Mitchell did, um, and and keep it up. As a prediction on the All-Star, man, it's hard for me to say. I'd have to look at the roster of guards throughout the Eastern Conference. I would say no. But hmm. the league is watching him, and sometimes the league and the show and the yep. entertainment factor and the fans yep. bring in somebody that has that name recognition, so it wouldn't surprise me. I just don't know in his second mm-hmm. year if he's at the caliber of an all-star. Yeah, we got Randall, the Knicks, who I think will be an all-star this year again. He kind of is opening up into superstardom. Hopefully he can bring what it takes for the East. The Pacers, they kind of had a surprising run last year. I hope they can have it with Sabonis um, being an all-star again this year. But maybe injuries can hold back the Pacers, um, and other teams got better this year. For sure. But as we jump over to the West, where it hits closer to home for us as Jazz fans, we are looking to kind of see what other teams have done. 
with their moves. The Suns, who went to the who represented the West in the finals, they didn't really seem to make too many moves. And then there's people like there's teams like the Lakers who made a bunch of moves and kind of running a unique team and a unique experience. What are your thoughts on those um, different yeah, teams? Yeah, where do you begin in the West? Um, and even and, with the Nuggets as well. And you know that's that's the thing. We can talk and talk and talk about teams and, and where do you go and, and, and who do you talk about. Um, we didn't even mention there the Dallas Mavericks who yeah. Luka Doncic, when you watch him for 48 minutes or for a game and then you watch him again the next night, this guy is has the capabilities to be one of the greatest ever. And that's a bold statement, but I'll make it on this podcast. Oh. His game is... Everything and if he hits the three with consistency, yeah. he'll be one of the greatest ever. When you talk about the Suns, they added, the, you know, they added a little bit of of, of longevity with. I'm trying to think who they brought on board. I thought they with who had Danny Danny Green came over, but I, I'm just trying to find out. And then also. Um, you talk about the Lakers, and it's one of the things that has been out there is their age. They bring in Westbrook. Yep. They have Anthony Davis, and clearly one of the greatest ever, LeBron James. Can that squad that's aging, I mean, Anthony Davis isn't old. Westbrook's getting on in years. They brought back Rondo. Um, they have Dwight Howard again. And then they bring in Carmelo Anthony, can they truly make a run to be a great team in the West amongst really good teams in the West? It's not as easy as it sounds. I think it's going to be fun, though, watching the Lakers play. I'm a huge Carmelo fan. I've loved him on the Knicks and what he did for the Knicks organization. Maybe he probably could have left earlier and done better on other teams. But I like Carmelo. He's not going to be the reason why they, they win it all. Quite frankly, even though he's as old as LeBron, or maybe just a year older or a few years older. He came in the league with LeBron. So that's definitely exciting as a fan to see these two link up going number one, number two in the draft. Then you got um, then you got Westbrook, which my time growing up the NBA has always been the dominant player. He's been Mr. Triple-Double. He's been going off most games. And now he's on a team with the greatest player of our generation, LeBron James. And so it's interesting to see where who's going to be what role, how it's going to work out. Obviously, LeBron's in control as as the leader. Davis in the past was what broke or made the Lakers, if he played well or not, kind of determined on how well the game went. But maybe that's off his shoulders a little bit more as we got other players coming in to kind of take off that load. It will be interesting, though. There are better teams out there in the West, but we do know the Lakers are a playoff team. They may not have the best season, and it might take a couple of games, or maybe there'll be a slump or two, but I think eventually the experiment with Westbrook and the experiment with Melo will pay off and the Lakers will figure out how to do it. But then there are those other teams like the Nuggets who I think Jamal Murray is getting healthier. I don't know if he's back yet. It'll, it'll be most of the season before he comes back. Right. Yeah. So maybe not him specifically. But then you got Klay Thompson coming back. We haven't even talked about the Warriors with a potential MVP on that team with Steph Curry. I am excited for Klay Thompson to come back. It was so much fun seeing some of the greatest shooting of our time happen with him and with with Curry while they're on the court. Where do you think the the Warriors might end up? Well, the Warriors are so good. I, I think they you know they were just a few hoops away from making a little bit of a run in the playoffs last year. Steph Curry is 
magical. And if you're an NBA fan, like him, don't like him, not sure about his game, burns your team, you're watching greatness. And I would just encourage, it's so exciting that the NBA season is right around the corner. I would encourage you to sit back and enjoy Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. This is a team that had a mini dynasty over the last decade and has the greatest shooter and maybe the two greatest shooters of all time on the same roster. Just enjoy it. Even if you're a Jazz fan and you get beat up by the Warriors, just smile and enjoy it. These are rare times where you see two shooters and Steph Curry and um, Clay Thompson doing what they're doing. I think the Warriors will do well. The West is so difficult for me to predict to say who's in and who's out because you go from the teams, the Jazz are great, the Suns are going to be great, Denver, I mean, you got the MVP, the Clippers, Paul George will lead that team even with Kawhi on, on the sideline for a little bit, the Mavericks and Doncic, and, and we haven't even talked about, you know, Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers, and he wants to win. Haven't mentioned the Lakers. Um, David Locke, uh, the Utah Jazz radio announcer, has said the Lakers, he's professionally bullish that they, bullish isn't the right word, but he's professional and saying he doesn't think that that team can do it. And it's going to be interesting because most pundits will say that they're going to be a top one, two, or three team in the West. I kind of agree with David Locke. I don't know if the Lakers, you look at this lineup, Utah, Phoenix, Denver, Clips, Dallas, Portland. Now you get to L.A., right? Then you have John Morant in Memphis. Yep. What a great playoff series he had against the Jazz. And to even get into the playoffs, John Morant was playing exceptional basketball. We haven't mentioned, you know, the San Antonio Spurs. We, we haven't mentioned the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. You know, with it's Zion crazy. Williamson, who's a great player. Sacramento Kings haven't been in the playoffs forever. Do they change that? And on and on. The West, similar to the East, it's going to be a powerhouse. Yeah, I don't know if this will be the year for Oklahoma. I know we played them the first game of the season. I don't think Oklahoma is going to make it this year. Maybe it'll be next year. But I do have some um, – I am looking forward to seeing Zion play. He might even have a contend for – he might be a contender for being the – leading the league in scoring. He might have the scoring title this year. That's what some, some people are, are claiming. But, yeah, the list goes on and on. Then you got Lillard. He's going to be off as well. If you look at some of the predictions that a lot of analysts have made about the NBA MVP per predict prediction, so they have a couple of votes already kind of predicting who the MVP will be. The top player is Giannis with four votes. Then Kevin Durant, three. Luka Doncic with two. And Steph Curry with one. So the top four contenders right now for MVP based off of some analysts are Giannis, Kevin Durant, Luka, and Steph Curry. That just takes what's... Um, Jokic, Jokic out of it. Yeah, it takes Jokic out of the list because these players are good. And I think it's what we said with Luka. If he shoots the three better than he has, which he has consistently been getting better, the, that will be the determining factor. Giannis is great. Kevin Durant's great. Curry's still good, still great. But it's funny. I, I mean, I, I, don't, it, I don't know how... Look at this. You could say Joel Embiid should be on that list. You could say James Harden should be on that list. You could say that Trey Young should be on that list. We haven't even talked about Jimmy Butler. You know, what about Jason Tatum? I mean, yeah. there are just great players all around the league, and we're not even mentioning them in that All-Star, which you probably should. And that was just the East. 
that I just went through in the West. We didn't put Donovan Mitchell on the list, and 20 minutes ago we said he was a top five player. He's not even yeah. on that list. And, you know, what about Devin Booker? He, he yeah. basically led his team to the NBA Finals last year. We know we had Chris Paul, but Devin Booker's a superstar of that team. And and you can go on. Dame Lillard isn't on that list, and so yeah. forth. So It's going to be not, interesting. If there's one thing, I go back to what I said two, three minutes ago. If you're an NBA fan, or you were an NBA fan, or you're coming into the NBA fresh, or you've seen it for a long time, sit back and enjoy the talent. Is it the game of the 80s and the 90s? Probably not. Is that the favorite of some older people like me? Most likely. But the talent level and the athleticism of the NBA today is something we've never seen before. We've never seen before. And you, you will see it because athletes continue to grow, but you might not see it at this high of level with so many great players all at once. Yeah, the game is definitely different. There's definitely players out there that are playing at their highest peak and highest quality of basketball. We didn't even really talk about the Suns. They they represented the West last year in the, in the championship, but we got to give them credit. They're going to come out. They didn't really go after anybody specific, but they have Chris Paul, who's quoted saying that he's addicted to the NBA Finals. He's going to want to come back and do it again and get his ring. And Booker is more mature, learned from last season, and he's going to be a little bit more deadly as they go throughout this, the season. And then the same analysts voted on who they think will win the, the Finals. And it runs like this. It goes Bucks with four votes, Lakers with two votes, Nets with two votes, and Suns with two votes. So those are the top four teams according to them. I don't know how realistic that is because there are some great teams that we just went down the line with, but it just means it's going to be a fun season. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it used to be you could go into each season and say they're going to win. Like yeah. the Warriors are going to win. Or you can go into a season you can say uh, Lakers are going to win. Last year and now this year, you go into the season going, man, 10 teams could win it. And again, that's what makes this season so fun. Yeah, and just to wrap things up, the Jazz have a Christmas Day uh, game. They're playing the Mavericks, right? Playing the Mavericks? Uh, I think they're playing the Mavericks. So that's exciting for Jazz fans. We are clearly on the radar in terms of popularity, and we're on the up and up as... As we go. So this week's games, we got one Wednesday, the first game of the season. Get excited. It will be against Oklahoma at 7 o'clock. Um, uh, Utah time. Utah time. Um, and then we go and play in Sacramento um, at, on Friday. Yep. So really excited. Hopefully uh, tell your friends, tell your family, listen to our podcast. It will be after the games, just like they were last year. And we'll talk all things Jazz, NBA, and throw in a few other sports anecdotes. Great. We're excited for this season. Thanks, Dad. Thank you, Spencer.